This episode of the Wedding Film School Show is brought to you by Musicbed, the best music licensing platform for wedding filmmakers. Head over to themusicbed.com and enter our code WFS on checkout to get a free month on your annual wedding subscription. Now, on to the show. But what I, what I love about like the mini DV dad cams, I've tried to really think through, you know, how do I apply that to my current camera and what I'm capturing? How do I channel the dad cam? Like I used to almost on principle, not want to shoot detail, like any reception details or like, I wouldn't even film all the speeches or something. Cause I'd be like, I'm not like that. This is just going to be <laughs> art. That was really out of like desperation of like my, I felt like was just under the burden of like, not running a business well really for the last few years that's a really cool emotion that i don't think is very obvious in a wedding film and it's like mm. to answer your question it's like not just do the obvious like the obvious is include speech include b-roll include mm -hmm. these elements of a film um there's a lot of emotions in a wedding film personally full transparency like I make a lot of mistakes shooting. Like I, I get so caught up in like being there that I'm like, oh frick, like I forgot to run that audio source. Like we're using camera audio. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wedding Film School Show. My name is Jared and we have another great show for you guys today. We have a very, very special guest that We've wanted to have on the show for a very, very long time. But before we introduce him, Jason McCutcheon is by my side. What's up, Jason? How are you doing, Jared? How, how are you feeling? You know, I'm feeling good. Uh, my wife woke up um, saying that she feels a little sick this morning. And so I was like, well, stay away from me because I have a wedding this weekend. Uh, kind of those those <laughs> Wednesday vibes. Do I have a wedding vibes. this weekend? You don't have a wedding this oh, weekend. Okay. You're, you're off, but I'm on. <laughs> And it's kind of like that day where it's like, you know, if she's sick, then I'm probably going to be sick in three days. So I can't be sick. So it's like downing yeah, yeah. the ginger shots mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, making sure that you're quarantining. Quarantining. Yourself. She sleeps on the couch. Yep, you know, yep. no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, what's uh, what's going on with you? You know, I'm excited. We got a trip to Tokyo planned with Wedding Film School. So we're all going in December down to Tokyo for secret reasons. Yeah. Top secret reasons we can't disclose. I, I don't know. You, you, bringing it up, is it breaking our we, NDA? Are we allowed to reference? <laughs> I don't think we can t say why we're going, but we are going. And it's going to be fun. We're looking forward to that trip. I am going to be bringing a four-year-old on that flight to Tokyo. So yep. wish me luck, everyone. Yep. yep. <laughs> but we're excited. It's like the one place she has to go to. She's like, Dad, I want sushi. Let's go to Tokyo. So. Oh, man. She's going to love it. I think Japan and Tokyo specifically is the coolest place in the world. I'm excited. In the so. entire world. I love it. So, so speaking of cool things, um, we have Josh from A Little Long Distance on the show today. So how you doing, Josh? What's up, guys? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So, so Josh, um, he's a filmmaker out of Nashville right now. Out yeah, of Nashville. Yeah, back in Nashville. We've moved around a bit, but uh, in Nashville currently. Cool. And Josh is known for a lot of things as a filmmaker, but uh, I would say uh, just a really authentic, um, human connected storytelling strategy, I think, is one of the things Josh is most well known for. A lot of mini DV, found footage slash archival stuff. And then, of course, you know, normal camera work like everyone. Josh was the first one to ever bit, use Super 8 in a wedding film. He's the he first was the person very to ever first use person. Super 8. So just fundamental 
just you know built our industry on that and, and uh, um, yeah. how, how, since you've how was it shooting justin bieber's wedding josh <laughs> so josh um before we get into the interview i'd love to do something that we like to do with our guests where we um really talk to them about something that um filmmakers aren't that excited about which is their gear and their work you ready for that i'm ready all right put me on the all right. let's go all right let's do it first question um tell everybody what's in your kit all right, so on our kit, in our kit, we've had uh, the Sony a7S III the last couple years. Uh, and then I use the Tamron 28-75, to has kind of been our go-to bread and butter lens. I've just become really, really familiar with it, really love using it, don't have to really think about it much. It's kind of become a second hand, you know, to use it for me. So that's kind of the main, you know, we got a couple a7s as back, back, uh, backup cameras and some not too, not too exciting lighting and audio setups. They're pretty, uh, I think the H4n and an old light, like a, it's like a, it's funny, I, when I got into wedding filmmaking like 2013 or 14, do you guys remember the company called Valer? Did you, you guys watch them? Valer, no. no. Oh man, dude, they, this guy, Tim, Tim Twineman out of Denver. Oh, you guys would love it. He, he, like from 2010 <laughs> to 2015, he was making this stuff just amazing. Anyway, he had a light that he used and I, stole that light and it, I'm still using it to this day. So <laughs> um, it, it's a sweet light. But anyways, so, and then a couple, you know, bring a couple dad cams, most weddings as well. And uh, maybe a super eight camera. Uh, what kind of dad it. cams are you shooting on? I think I got the ZR450, I think it is. Straight up like from the nineties, like a tape, you know, like I've had people that reach out and be like, you know, what, what camera do I, you know, for home video stuff, like what do I get? And uh, I think people assume that I have like, which is one of the newer versions that's like digital, but it's you know, straight up like the one that I grew up like making prank videos on. Like, it's is like, I got, Sony? It's got tape. The ZR? It's a Sony, I think the yeah, Sony, okay. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. Yep. you remember. So, I was you only, I, I, so the next question I have is, <laughs> tell me about a wedding that you shot, that you're super proud of, that you think represents your style of filmmaking. Yeah, so we shot one this summer, uh, this couple Jack and Callie here in Nashville, uh, a great couple, like hard on sleeve, you know, high energy, but, um, Jack's also a filmmaker himself. He does not weddings, but he's a you know that's his his day job is shooting editing. I think he goes on on the road on tour, and so he's he's doing a lot of shooting, a lot of editing. So yeah, I don't know about you guys, but you know for me like that just my like bar becomes just so much higher and like uh, my inspiration too. I just feel like I become so inspired working for other creatives because um, you know again I know that he's kind of looking at all those little small things and and I want to uh, you know impress them and, and for them to really like it. So. Uh, had that energy going in and then they were also just, uh, you know, I did bring one of those dad cams and had a just great bridal party that was all about it. And I'd found the right people to just be like, hey, take this thing and roll with it all day and, and got a lot of gold footage in there too. And then the whole thing just with like, I just felt like with the soundtrack to it and um, kind of the way we were able to incorporate some of they sent a lot of, you know, kind of childhood photos and videos, couples photos and videos off their phones over. And you know, honestly, we work best probably with couples that have been together a long time. So this, they've been together since high school. And so they had like, you know, a lot of photos and stuff from, from high school days, prom and all that. And um, so yeah, it just took on this kind of nice shape, this the kind of like retro 80s vibe to it. That was um, I, honestly the ones that I make that are like that kind of give me the best, best feel, best, like most personal inspiration. So we're kind of trying to lean in and go in that direction more moving forward. Lastly, can you tell us about your mentorships? I'm sure a lot of people be interested in that. Yeah, I'm just now starting to offer one-on-one -on -one mentorships. Uh, I'm really excited. I've been wanting to do this for a few years now. And, you know, we get people that reach out and ask, and I just, I just feel like I've always been so crunched with the backlog, with, you know, shooting, with everything going on that I've just never really felt like I had the margin or the, the mental energy. Um, and it's always pain to me because I love 
obviously I'm always honored that anyone would ask my opinion on anything and uh, you know much less I just I just love meeting new people love helping you know people grow I, I, I always learn you know when I get to help out somebody in here um, from their perspective and you know honestly I love talking with people that are kind of just getting going because I feel like it always brings a fresh perspective to kind of what I'm mm. doing and you know Jared I think you were saying before the show you know any, anytime you do the mentorships like I feel like it, benef it almost benefits the mentor you know just as much or more um, so yeah we're, we're, we're going to be able to do kind of a small handful in this off season not going to have too much of a backlog to hold me back from it so we kind of have a, a page set up on our website now that makes it pretty easy to uh, just book a session if, if somebody was interested and um, there's a you know kind of a intake form intake questionnaire that kind of dives into you know where you're struggling in your business where you're struggling in your in your uh, actual craft or your art um and there's kind of yeah then we can kind of just explore that together and see if we can't come up with something that's a little bit helpful why don't you tell everybody what what's uh what's your website a little long distance.com pretty nice. easy there yep yep Head over there a little long distance is there a, a big old button or is it slash mentorships uh, it would be, yeah, in the menu, min slash, I'm just not putting it together, so I'm trying to remember. I think it's in the menu, but you could also go slash mentoring. Either yes. one will get you there. Great. So head over there, <laughs> sign up for a mentorship. It's only $10 million, and, um, <laughs> and it goes to my DVD, my, uh, dad totally collection. Yeah, so it gets a, he can buy more dad cams. Josh, you, um, you kind of have a, a unique approach to wedding filmmaking. And, and so before we kind of get into the interview, why don't you kind of tell everybody about um, how you like to make wedding films and, and a little bit about a little long distance, wow. just so I think people can understand uh, who haven't seen the work, maybe what we're talking about. here. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, when we started out, I mean, I feel like my heart going into, you know, when we started wedding films 2013 was very much just about weddings themselves. I just, I love the energy at weddings, the live event, the adrenaline of, capturing something in real time, uh, you know, so we kind of transitioned into that straight out of college when I was, you know, basically transitioned from making jackass prank videos to wedding filmmaker, more or less, which was, uh, uh, took a little while to iron out. That's them, uh, kind of like a lot of people's journey. <laughs> I think so, it I is. Think... I, I think it actually is for a lot of us, right? Um, and so, yeah, so, so I, I, but yeah, the weddings, I mean, I just, I love the energy uh, with the people. I love all the different stories that are happening with weddings. You know, I love that it's not just, uh, just, you know, we do the work beforehand to get to know this couple, the bride and groom, try to dig into them with questionnaires, the video calls, everything, try to build that trust and try to have it to where, you know, on the wedding day, they can be themselves. But I just becoming more and more interested in, you know, how can I let everyone there that's going to be kind of, you know, I, in my head, I think I think of myself with this camera walking around as like having like a, you know, a bubble or like a beam just like that's pointing awkwardness at people that's like going to make everyone just kind of get tense and not be themselves like you know people are always in the back of my mind thinking about it so I love the kind of art of trying to you know there's so many little things we can do on the day to try to just let people just relax just be yourself like I'm, I'm just a person that's with just a camera to, here to, to capture this uh, and so our approach is very much I think you know people first not just with the couple but just people first being there to celebrate and the camera I mean hopefully just being kind of an extension of my eye in the sense of you know I, I don't want to be thinking about it too much I you know, for a while there, I mean, obviously there's so many cool lenses out there in the world to choose from, to pick from in different primes and whatnot. And, and, I, and I do love them all, but like, I just, I just wasn't loving that I was having to think about which one to put on throughout the day. Like, I just like being able to, you know, start my day and I'm like, I'm rolling and I'm just completely in it with my heart and my eyes and trying to look around and see what's going on. And, and, uh, and yeah, so hopefully, I mean, that can, you know, I feel like oftentimes lend itself to footage that ends up being 
uh, in my, you know, hopefully pretty organic and just natural and not, uh, just not too inspired by stuff that feels too produced. Um, you know, and I've done all that. I mean, I've done all the, you know, staging and the prompts and the this and that, but I, I don't know, man, I could sit, sit down to edit. And I just wouldn't feel much about it. And I was, you know, I, I would just rather find this, you know, kind of in between moment. That's, that's actually authentic. So, um, yeah, just looking for that, that, that stuff that's real, man, that makes you feel that's like, they're going to look back on it and actually think something about it. They're going to look back and it's going to have meaning to them and not be like, Oh yeah, that was when they whispered. That's when they told me to whisper something funny in that person's ear. Like I'd rather it be like, like, cause what does that mean to them? You know, I don't know if it, I mean, maybe it'll mean something, but I would rather set a space and help create a space. I mean, cause us and the photographer do have so much control over the space on the day and the environment and the culture for the couple, for the people. And so I'm trying to figure out what, I don't know exactly what the right way is, but I'm trying to find that balance of, letting letting things just unfold man just letting them be like let it be okay to be a little uncomfortable but you're gonna be yourself at least and hopefully that can mm. kind of come out well so, it's interesting um, to me that's... josh you didn't mention one time mini dv super 8 or archival footage <laughs> yeah yeah right because like well, i think a lot of people they look at your work and they're like he's the guy who does this and <laughs> I, we were teasing even before the interview and talking about it but it's like that's not really what you're trying to do. You just happen to do it sometimes. And you don't even do it all the time, do you? Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, it's yeah, only a small handful. I think the home videos people, yeah, like to give us a nod for. And, and we we do like to do that. I mean, really as much as we can. Not all of our couples do it. But uh, I would say that's probably in terms of my own personal inspiration and creative fulfillment, like using using childhood home videos as like my favorite thing to incorporate into a wedding film. So we we have done a good handful of those. And um, I'm, I'm okay if people think of our brand as that way. I mean, and I do always, I kind of have tried to translate, you know, why I love, uh, sorry, you're hearing my dog digging, digging up his bed over here. Uh, <laughs> but what I, what I love about like the mini DV dad cams, I've tried to really think through, you know, how do I apply that to my current camera and what I'm capturing? How do I channel the dad cam more or less. And so that's what I'm talking about my approach. I guess I'm trying to think about, well, you know, a lot of the things that I was inspired by, by uh, when I, cause I still, I love watching childhood home videos of other people. I mean, it's super weird, but I'm like, I, I love sitting there and like sifting through. Cause usually by the time I get there, I, I know these couples pretty well, you know? And so I know these families pretty well. And I just feel like, wow, what a, what a, what a privilege to get this glimpse into the story. I mean, it's, it's really, they, these people often don't know what they're sending me. Sometimes they're sending it in. They don't, they're like, we've never watched these before. And I'm like, you know, you, who knows what's on that day? You know, I mean, that's pretty vulnerable <laughs> to send it in. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, I just, you know, and I always am attracted most of those moments that are just very, you know, very genuine that, that show something about that relationship mm. and that moment in time. And so I'm like, well, what does that mean for how I'm capturing wedding days? And, you know, like, uh, I think that I want that same feeling to be, a, you know, uh, emulated, I guess, with yeah. what I'm hopefully providing for the couples. That's cool. Oh, man. I was uh, I told you about working at uh, that thrift store down the street. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> one of the things that I found was this projector and it had all these big spools of, of film. And I had to fix the projector, put a new bulb in, do like some some things with the power. But when I eventually got it on and I was like playing this projector up against the wall, of all these spools of film that someone had just donated being like, Oh, someone can use this spool of film to, <laughs> I don't know, but I was able to watch this family and, and their whole like life Dude. story. And that's like so wow. cool because you almost find like you're discovering someone else's like treasures. It's like cave paintings. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. There's no, something I, to I that. understand awesome. Jared. I do understand yeah. what you mean, man. 
And I was um, fascinated. I was probably there for hours putting on different spools of this family's films. I was all just I can like, think of is that movie Insidious yeah. or, or Sinister. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. don't watch it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we met you at Vision Quest, which is um, like a film, a mucky muck filmmaker filmmaker event uh, put on by the the great the great mucky Alex muck. and Whitney Douglas. Um, and so me and you like rode on the bus together and we got to talk and stuff. And I knew I wanted to have you on and just talk about filmmaking. Um, and Jared had been mentioning he had been watching your work for a long time. Yeah. And, and um, been a big admirer of your work, Josh, just, you know, that, that personalization, like really telling a family's kind of story was always like super interesting. And, and yeah. obviously your, your keynote was, was great. And I think your style of filmmaking um, is really attractive, obviously, to, to us as filmmakers, uh, because it is just so real and there's an authenticity to it. Um, but it clearly requires some level of like buy-in, right, from the couple, because mm -hmm. you can't just do this type of film probably with anybody. So do you find that's hard to get that level of buy-in from your couples? What does that process kind of look like? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question, man. I And I want to break down the you know, facade that all of our couples are that way. I mean, yeah. we, we work with a lot of really great couples, but uh, I've, you know, I have realized that, I mean, I would say a lot of them, like I said, are sending in, are at least willing to send in the, the archival footage stuff. So that that's helpful in how I'm approaching things. But, you know, at the same time, you know, in terms of the actual wedding day, not everyone's got that same. And especially I feel like as we've, you know, the last year or two journey for us has been, as we, you know, tried to obviously go up in price point a little bit and figure out where do we just, you know, where's our market? I feel like we've hit this bit of a ceiling of like, well, I don't, you know, I'm not really sure, but once you get into this range over, I don't know what the range is. I mean, you guys might have thoughts on it, but like that, that you do start getting that bit of a, a barrier to the couple and to what they're willing to do for you on the day. Not for you. I don't even mean that in the sense of like, just for my own art, but like, you know, it, I don't. I guess if you're willing to invest whatever it is, maybe twenty thousand and over in a wedding video, then your your whole wedding is going to be a certain way that like just doesn't really lend itself to maybe like what I'm talking about. And, well, I, and so that's where I'm like, maybe that's not for us. I don't know. Maybe you guys have yeah, thoughts. On I think that. it's really cool that you basically like you know that you've seen it because we see it too. Like, you know, I don't know where the, the dollar value is. But yeah, it's a it's more like okay, who's more likely to have money? Well, someone who has a busy life, someone yeah. who is yeah. more connected to their job, someone who like who wants to have a big celebration. You know, who who, who what type of person is going to be more likely to shoot tons of video of themselves, mm. right? Because usually, exactly. like their dad was rich, and so then the, the kids rich, and it's generational way of living. Like the dad works seventy hours a week; he didn't do a lot of videos of their kids, you know. And I just think it's like a different type of person, right? And we see it too is like, what do I mean? What does the film mean to the couple at different price points? I don't know where that breakdown is, but I do know like different demographic groups um, are more or less connected to like what, even their wedding in general. I don't know. I want. I don't want to say it doesn't mean as much to them because I, I don't believe mm. that to be the case. But I think how they want to express themselves like – on camera is definitely different. I, I've definitely felt that, um, you know, we're lucky to get, we tried to do the archival thing one time, uh, Josh. Okay. Um, How'd it go? 
it was actually pretty good. Like, uh, but it was like I got one clip, which was this dad passed away two months before the wedding. Oh, and I was man. like, I wow. want to include him in the film somehow. And I got the last voicemail. Whoa. That he left her. It's actually the film I sent you. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And it's that's the one thing that like the last thing he had told her about herself and it was really it was really devastating and so i will say this that was a super that was a professional baseball player they weren't we did five minutes of portraits with them they wouldn't do any they were not connected they were nice people they were great but they were they had a lot going on yeah. and i i will say this if you work hard enough i think you can extract this out of most couples in some way and so i think the topic i was talking about before was really this which is how do we humanize wedding filmmaking more like mm. we don't always gonna, we're not all going to get a, a little long distance film with this couple that's super into it but i do think there are things you can do with every single couple because at the end of the day it still is a family it's still like the genesis of a family and i still there is a human element. And so what do you find is the things that you like to do that maybe like help people to draw out their personalities more and, and make it not so uh, anesthetic, medical, like, or even techie? Mm, totally. I think that's a great question, man. So I've been, yeah, just gnawing on hard this last few years. I've said, I mean, we've kind of at a, at a tipping point where I'm trying to figure out, can we continue to do that? Like, can, is it possible kind of in this, in a certain market to do that. And I, and I think you're right. I agree with you that I believe for the majority, it is uh, possible. I feel like, you know, say, so, say the scenario where you're really not having much access to the couple before the wedding, which is, I, I haven't had a ton of experience with that, but my understanding is that happens as you move up in the ladder uh, a bit in, up in markets that uh, maybe just the accessibility of the couple isn't there as much. Well, in my opinion, then those times that has happened for me, it's like, there's two things. I mean, one is I'm going to lean even more into the relational side of it on the wedding day in terms of, you know, I, I think I think some of, there's that disconnect where they're, you know, you may be a bit more vendor than you are that friend element you want to be sometimes to them. But I think it can still lend itself to it can be scary. To, it, it's like they're not as approachable on the wedding day. But I, I think it, if you have that relational courage to maybe set the tone at the beginning uh, with them, with the people around, maybe, uh, you know, breaking the ice in terms of Hey, you know, I'm just going to, you know, what, what's going on, man? Congratulations. Like, just don't, don't even worry about me. You just have fun with your people. Like, I'm going to just be here kind of fly on the wall. Like, I'll probably be really kind of up in your guys' faces, like hanging out, but we're just going to have a good time and, and trying to maybe help, help relax everybody. Kind of the same approach, but I feel like sometimes even more so, um, you know, in those different ones. And then two would just be like, uh, you know, being okay with there's, there are, there are limits in my head to how interesting some stories are. I mean, there's like, it's just there's some stories are more interesting than others and i and i don't really mean that in a bad way but i think there's a lot of pressure sometimes on you know uh finding our ideal clients and and pulling out the the story and this and that and honestly i just i get a lot of joy now from just delivering you know delivering like a film that's you know it's i, I like it but it's not my favorite but the couple's obsessed with it excited about it and i think you're doing a job well done to anyone that can do that even if it's you know hey this one was just a, a little harder to access the couple but mm. You know, it's out of our control. It's not. There's so many things out of our control in the day, and I think people beat themselves up over. Oh, I didn't get this portrait time with him. I didn't get this whatever with him. And it's like, to, to me, I'm I'm just becoming. I feel like every year more hands off with my approach of like, of like, this is your wedding. I am not. I am just want to capture your wedding. Is what I want to do. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to involve myself at all. To be honest, like I, I don't want to stage you. I don't want to tell you what to do. I just want you to be here to celebrate. So 
And if that, you know what, if that's the culture that they come from and it's like a little stiffer than that's just them. I mean, I'm not, I, I would like to do what I can to help them loosen up, which is why I talk about the, you know, relational side of things. But at the end of the day, some, I mean, some people, that's just, that's just the way it is. And I don't think we can beat ourselves up over that. It's, you know, it's, if I, if I get a couple of year that I'm feel like kind of check all the boxes and I feel, I feel pretty blessed. So, um, you know, you just got to be ready for that. Those ones. Yeah. I think, um, I can tell that you are just by the work that you put out that you're like a good listener. And I love the aspect of like filmmaking where it is just like, Hey, I'm taking what you're giving me and I'm going to take that. I'm going to think about it a little bit and then I'm going to output it depending on who they are. Like, I like that. And I, I think that's something that we've tried to find out as we're kind of like trying to build towards a more luxurious client, people with more money so that we can raise prices that much more is like, okay, well, my upbringing was much different than the people that I'm filming. Like these people have You're freaking right. boats and, you know, <laughs> they uh, use go horseback they, they riding summer right. in places, they summer places. And I, right. I can't really relate to that, but I, I think like I'm, I'm trying to understand their world a little bit more and the things that might be mm, important yeah. to them that yeah. maybe aren't as important to me or just, I haven't well, been exposed isn't to as that much. What it and, is, is like, yeah. no, I I've, think, I've, a lot of artists think that they're filming artists. Yes. And they're not a, artists. They're like, and, and, and I think we fall in love with this idea of like people who work is really important to them are like, oh, that's so gross, you know, or like people who are more mm. reserved. It's like, you know, you need to be authentic. You need, and it's like, no, they are being authentic. These people yeah. love their jobs. That's, totally, the, man. that's who they that's, are. Like that is such a good that. point. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I totally fell prey to that. I mean, I feel like, again, that was a few years ago. I kind of hit that, you know, point where I was like, like, you said, yeah, that's a good way of saying it. Like I can assume they're artists. I think I assumed if I made the best art and always like that was the first and foremost thing was my own art, then that would just, I don't know, lead to my own success and happiness and everyone else's because they would whatever, love my art or whatever. But I'm like, you said, I think it's more interesting now because everyone's so different to have my, it's like that blend now of like, I have a, a vision somewhat as an artist, that's why they're hiring me, but maybe it's really a 50-50 almost of like, you know, yeah, let me learn about, like, I feel like, for example, getting into a little bit of the, the higher end weddings, like I used to almost on principle, not want to shoot detail, like any reception details or like, I wouldn't even film all the speeches or something. Cause I'd be like, I'm not like, the, this is just going to be <laughs> art. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> and then it's just like, there's a, there's a service that we are providing. I want to I want to serve with as many possible elements as I can from a video perspective. Uh, you know, get my creative fulfillment in this way, build my brand in this way. But then over here, like, you know, let's off, let's offer these full doc edits and let's let's shoot the details that they spent all the time. Well, who butters your on. bread is the question, right? Yeah, uh -huh, exactly. So, Josh, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, creative side. Obviously, that's a huge element of what you do. And, and I, I really do see, like, not just to blow smoke up your ass, but, like, I really do see you as, like, leading, like, a creative, you know, type of wedding film revolution yeah. and doing things that are way, way different. Um, but when it comes to, like, the business side, like, what are what are your goals? What's a successful year look like for you guys? Are you doing five wedding films a year? Are you doing 20 wedding films a year? What What's your mm. kind of typical makeup kind of look like? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we, we've usually done, I think around 18 to 20 has probably been an average, but that was a lot of travel too. And so that really 
really burned us out pretty hardcore up until, I mean, I guess like just COVID around is when it all just kind of toppled and had to kind of figure out a new game plan there. And that's around when we moved back to Tennessee as well. So the last year or two has been trying to build those, yeah, local planner networks now. And I mean, I, I was telling Jason, you know, I'm just, just kind of new to this uh, learning the planner game. And, and even, I mean, I feel grateful that I have, I feel like a bit of an organic relationship with a couple of them, but I'm, you know, trying to, you know, learn some of the things. Like I need to go back and listen to Lindsay's talk again. Uh, a lot of great takeaways in there. I remember of, you know, just ways to massage those relationships. And, um, but yes, this year we only did 10 and, and I, you know, that was really out of like desperation of like my, I felt like was just under the burden of like not running a business well, really for the last few years. And, and obviously COVID didn't help that with that at all. And so, I was like just needing a reset. So I was just became, you know, I've been a yes man all the way up until right around COVID. And I just was like, I'm turning away everything unless it is like, you know, I'm not doing back to back weekends next year. I'm not traveling more than a couple of times. Like I'm just ripping it away. And then kind of unexpectedly, I mean, we ended up having another kid and moving houses and, uh, you know, like our mortgage went up and this, this stuff. So now, now toward the end of the year, it's like, well, I probably could have done a couple more, but, but it's okay. I'm, I'm glad I get to, you know, have some, some uh, room now to finally do these mentor sessions I've been wanting yeah, to. Yeah, go, go help them out. Help them pay the bills, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feed my kids. <laughs> this is what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, it's good. I was thinking I was telling you guys too. I mean, I've, I've like literally just had an ongoing note on my phone for like, man, it's probably been two years of like, oh, I need to update this on my site. I need to do this uh, in my CRM like this. And I've just been like so just grind heavy on the editing and not saying that's good, but I've been so... It's desperate for it to be manageable, and, I, and I'm finally at that point. So well, yeah, I'll probably be doing some of that. It's this super season. interesting the way you like, and I'm, and like really humble of you, like to kind of say like, I tried something, I I had like a laser focused idea of mm. exactly what I wanted, and then there weren't enough people. Mm -hmm. And like that's always been one of my premises, Josh. Is like we got to be careful when we're educating people on this because it's really easy to get this like idea that like. Oh, Alex Douglas sculpting with time. Every one of his couples looks like his, you know, Italy wedding. Yeah. And I only want the ideal right. client because we love that phrase, ideal client. Right. I always tell people my ideal client is someone with money. Yeah. Um, who who will give it to me, and yeah. and um and it's funny. Like I was I was thinking about like creating more human films, but also just doing whatever you can do to get paid. And one of the things that happens to us, Josh, is like, we'll get these last minute inquiries. The person will be like, will you come and do this thing? And I'm like, and Jared will go like, well, you know, hey, listen, we got this last second thing. Do you want to go do it? And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Cause I'm greedy. So, so like, it's just like 10 hours of my life and to make six grand, why not? Right. So I go to this wedding last week and it was fine. Like it wasn't what I would describe as uh, my ideal client, though. You weren't inspired. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I wasn't actually. Um, but there was the yeah. sweetest people in the world, and I remember like working my way through the day, and I was like, okay, this is weird. This is not going the way I want it. Not that they did anything. It's just there was scheduling things. There's issues, um, and we get to the um, speeches, and this is why I think it's important to like actually slow your roll a little when it comes to like thinking you know your ideal client all the time because we don't, and we don't mm -hmm. always know what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And and there's shooting and the, and like it was a uh, second marriage. The daughter I think was like 16 and she was one of the bridesmaids. I have no idea about, about any of this, by the way. She yeah. gets up yeah. and she gives a toast 
and like literally I'm shoot crying during this person's Whoa. toast because she's no just way. like, it's, wow. well, it's like daughters, you know, like I, if a daughter shares something, it just gets me. And, and like, yeah. she says like, Oh mom, you know, you're the best mom I could have ever hoped for to this stepmom. Oh, oh. And, and Please, it's just man. like, you're just there and you're like, I, I could, I could be judging this wedding beforehand based on the location. I don't like the venue that much. It's mm. not my favorite venue to shoot. I could have been like, I never want to shoot this venue. I could have been like, look at the budget. I could have looked at their pictures on Instagram. Nothing about that would have made me think it was a good story mm. until mm -hmm. I shot it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really like, we, we got to be careful with that trap because anyone who's willing to pay you what you want to make to make a living and, and put food on your table, there's probably a story there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, man. And I mean, yeah, I, I, I love that again about weddings that they just come to us sometimes. And, uh, but you know, like you said, I think that's just something I've learned in the last couple of years of, if you guys heard the phrase, I can't remember who, who coined it or where I heard it of one for the meal, one for the real. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all so the time. I just, I, you know, I don't know what stuck with me too. And for me, it's usually like, I don't know. I feel like it's about 10 for the meal and one for the real. And I, I feel like, you know, taking the pressure off of ourselves a bit to it, you know, I, I, you know, and that's actually, now that I think about it, that's probably the biggest hurdle that I ran into a couple of years ago was that upward trajectory of not only your business, but your art. And I thinking each one has to be better and surpass the last. And I think realizing mm. it's man, the nature of what we're doing and how many we're making, like, uh, you know, freeing myself up a little bit to not have that pressure to make it the best thing that the world's ever seen. But like, just something that is, again, how I see it, got our stamp on it, but is, you know, uh, gonna make the couple super happy. Like, and it my, it has increased my editing efficiency like tenfold, no lie. Like I would mm. get so overworked. Like I would sit there for weeks, it felt like, sometimes probably months, just thinking like, if I just do something in my power, <laughs> I can make this the best piece of art ever, somehow. Yeah. Even though this like, there were no, the elements were not there. They, they just weren't there and that's okay. Or they're, you know, it's, or or they some of them were some of them weren't and, but for the couple for mm -hmm. what the wedding was like it's gonna blow their minds it's gonna be a keepsake it can still in my and, and this is where i agree with you from earlier jason like i think it can always be a keepsake it can always be something that somebody's gonna watch in 100 years it's mm -hmm. always that it's always that's something what we like always that. tell people like jared like yeah. we're shooting 220 wedding films this year yeah wow as a company and everyone loves them yeah <laughs> And that's what I think is amazing is I feel like, again, I would have, I don't know. I don't know what my thoughts would have been on a volume brand a few years ago, but now I'm like, that is so amazing that you guys can serve and make happy that many people. I think it's fantastic. And we were, we were and, talking about it today. Cause we had one wedding film that we all watch. We're like, oh, like, man, I, personally, there's certain things that I'm like, we made a mistake on this part of the day. Like I wouldn't, we can't repeat this. This per we have to talk to our shooters about covering this better and all these things. We send it to the couple and they're like, this is incredible. And we're all like, <laughs> awesome. No. Good. Dude. I mean, that's great. You know, but, but they were there, right? Like they were at this wedding. They know what the day felt like. And the fact yeah. that we were able to elevate their day to make it feel even better than it actually was. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I, I think there, we need to cut ourselves some slack, but also <laughs> like, like what said, does it really even mean huge. to be authentic? That's a buzzword. And, and it, and we use it in a very specific way that 
eliminates a lot of people's authenticity. Hmm. Right. It's like that person was being authentic. That's like, I did one for the she, a woman. She's like an executive at Amazon and he's a engineer and they were not psyched on anything that we were shooting images. They're like, can we be done now? They paid a oh. ton of money for a yeah. lot of different artists. And they were just like, can we do now? Oh, I find out later. I'm talking to the planner. The bride had, it was nine 15 or something. I had left like 15 minutes before the bride's like, I think I'm done. Let's, let's call it. It's <laughs> called just, a wedding. Yeah. It's a wedding. Wow. She just okay. ended the wedding. Cause she was yeah. just like, and so like everything I was reading on my camera, that's who she is. Right. She's just business doesn't care. It didn't want to like, she was perfectly happy with everything everyone did. Yeah. Like what I'm reading is who they are. And it's like, you got to be careful that you're not like interpreting people's authenticity as your authenticity. It's like, they're mm. not you. They're not necessarily the people you would hang out with, but they are being authentic. Yeah, Jared, to a good point or for what you were saying, you know, and with the authenticity too, I've been really surprised at like, it's, yeah, even even people that are, again, in my eyes, they're paying a lot of money. I personally, full transparency, like I make a lot of mistakes shooting. Like I, I get so caught up in like being there that I'm like, oh, frick, like, I forgot to run that audio source. Like we're using camera audio, dang it. And so I'm literally like editing one right now where it's like, goodness, dude, like I, I'm just beating myself when I'm doing it. But again, I'm like, I, I, I do the best I can to fix it up, but I, I'm surprised by like, and even like lighting stuff, I'm, I'm, I would, I always like just tell my second shooters, do all the lighting and audio for me. It's the best thing you can do. I'm not, I'm not very good yeah. at any of it. I, I, uh, you, you're probably better. Um, I actually, I'll tell you, you are going to be better. So you just do it. And, but, or if it's left to me and I mess and I mess it up a bit or like whatever, I'm just surprised that, oh, that, like that couple paid whatever they paid and they, they, I'm not hearing a complaint about the light wasn't that good or the audio wasn't that good even. It's because the content is in there and mm -hmm. that seems to be. I mean, at least for our brand, it works because it's kind of that raw, like gritty. I don't think obviously that wouldn't work maybe for every company that's brand is like clean and all that. But it's it's been funny at what, you know, we can kind of, I don't mean to say. Well, you can away, get away with. Really with. But I, but that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, no, it's like, like, I'm only bringing a camera, no lights. Or a lot of it's camera, a live yeah. event. It's a live event. Like it's not yeah. like we work in some production, Jared and I, and it's a totally different experience. Wedding filmmaking is not that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like wedding filmmaking is, is like even the most authentic or I mean the most buttoned down refined filmmakers, they're still running gunning. Right. Like that's essentially what we're all doing. Like, so I think it will yeah. be authentic yeah. just yeah. by the very nature of like the way you're covering something. So, so I would say, um, Josh, when it comes to like knowing how to craft a story that's connecting with a couple, you know, when I see your films, I, I think you're extending their story beyond the wedding day. That's, that's to me what it is. It's like, mm. it's like giving a, a more 3d look at this couple. Like what mm. are the elements that you're kind of looking for when you're going through this archival footage and you're talking to this couple and you're meeting them? Like, are you planning that story out ahead of time or are you kind of reacting to the wedding day? Like how does that work out? Yeah, man, that was a good question. I, I would say, you know, okay, I'll go with the example of like the home video stuff because we do use that in a lot of our films, like the childhood. So this is them sending in 
like childhood home tapes, you know, uh, of them. And like, you know, I generally tell them stuff between that kind of like three to eight range seems to work really well, ages three to eight or so that kind of golden, golden years. And, uh, I do love to do that all afterwards after I've already shot the wedding, got to know everybody and been a part of it because I have a real grasp on, you know, who, who the people are like, obviously on the biggest day of their life, all that I've seen, I've seen that side. So I think it's like peeling back the curtain now, you know, the home video actually ends up kind of steering a lot of the direction of the wedding films when I'm doing it that way, because I, I think the, it tell, it kind of magnifies so much of the relationship, I think. And I can find these little nuggets to pull from. And then especially, you know, if you get lucky with the bit of a toast audio or a bit of a something that can kind of complement one of those, uh, you know, parts that you pull out. Uh, and then I, I mean, that almost always is going to be the starting point for me in terms of where do I want to go with this? Cause I want to let that be brought to life and then, you know, kind of let that drive the whole story if that makes sense. So I'm usually looking for those little nuggets and you know, they send me in the, might be a two hour tape. And I just, again, I love kind of sitting there and scrolling through to look for that little hug or little kiss or little dad playing, you know, playing you know, again with the daughters. Yeah. I mean, I, our oldest is a girl too. And it's like, that becomes even more profound for me every time, every year as she gets older. And, I, and I'm like, wow, I'm not, I'm, I have a six year old. And now I'm looking at your six year old and now, and then like, I'm, pu- I'm going to put this piece right next to you walking down the aisle with her and then edit it to where, you know, or maybe, you know, little things It can be like the dad's, uh, dad's coming down the aisle and I'm looking for that one moment where he might just be blinking and closing his eyes or, or, you know, clinches his jaw where it's like that, that feeling of uh, pensiveness maybe, or a reflection and then clip to that home video footage where, where, you know, you're able to kind of cast onto him that projection of he's, he's going through the nostalgia in his own head. So those are my favorite moments to try to create. Uh, it doesn't always work, but that's kind of the puzzle to me is like, how can we make it feel like these people are actually, uh, you know, or even with the couple in their relationship, how can we make it feel like uh, this kind of, uh, again, montage flashback, uh, you're in this cyclone tunnel of like just memories and, and, and nostalgia and uh, it's all just peaking and crescendoing on the wedding day. Uh, that's, that, that's the stuff that gets me excited. Dude, there's so much thought that goes into kind of what you do. Like I was catching up on your most recent work on, on your site before we, uh, before we hopped on and, and like the first film that I watched, I think it was one of the, probably the first one on your website. It was like, you start hearing the best man's, um, you know, speech and you're zooming in, you're doing like a, a, a post zoom in on the best man standing behind the groom. And, and, you know, it's just like the, th- and, and I think in his, um, in his voiceover, it was like, as I'm, you know, standing here today or standing beside you to talk, you know, I'm thinking about these things and you're zooming in on that. It's just like, so thoughtful, like, and, and, um, that's what I meant when I said, like, you're a good listener. You're, you're actually just listening to like the, the footage that you have, uh, you know, that found footage stuff. And then you're, you're finding a way to apply it in a way that just like feels so seamless. And that's, mm. I think as storytellers, that's what makes good storytelling. It's just, you're not, it's not trying too hard. It's just making it seem super seamless so that the viewer can just grasp on. And uh, man, I'd love it, man. Well, don't it's you so think, good. don't you think mm. that Thank you, man. you're resolving one of the conflicts of wedding filmmaking, which is like lack of tension, you know, mm. like what makes bad wedding filmmaking storytelling is like a total upward trajectory. Right. Like, it's better yeah. and better and better and yay now you're gone and you're walking out of the sparklers and i feel yep. like what you're doing is creating like a false dip in the story mm, like you're mm-hmm. giving it a break and i totally. feel like it's like feels very emotionally satisfying to be like 
pulled out of the epicness of a wedding day from time to time into a common moment and then back yeah. into this big wedding day. I, 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 I feel like Alex does a similar thing. But he'll do it in a different way. Alex like, who? Douglas. Douglas. Oh, Alex. Okay. Yeah, he's Alex like a Douglas. pretty. He's oh, yeah. a fine. Fucking with time. Have you heard of about him? him. He's like fine. We have to insert him into every podcast. <laughs> he's just. Yeah. yeah. But like a lot of people <laughs> so do that like, too. Yeah. Even like um, a lot of filmmakers. I was watching um some of Yoni's recent work and like yeah, yeah. really good wedding filmmakers, whatever it is, will give you a break from the wedding film, mm. and almost mm. like whether it be like crazy environmentals or like time lapses or just a portrait session they shot that's like really like sexy and like just totally different than the wedding i feel like like we're all looking for that mm -hmm. right like how do i change the pace up how do you create surprise when there is no surprise everyone knows what happened mm. they were there mm. totally yep wow that's a great point man and I, I i do feel like home video stuff is almost like a cheat code because it's like it, it can pull you yeah directly out of it into this especially again like i love the moment when for example when i look for on the day is like the uh after the dad like gives the daughter away like and he sits down with the mom and mm. they like sometimes have this little moment you know not always but they sometimes yeah. have this little she just puts her arm around him or something and it's like when it's sweet like it hits it's like yeah. dang that was like that, that that was the end of their journey like that was the and then it's like again like let's you know, flash to, not to mention flashing to some like, uh, you know, stuff with their daughter, son running around. Like, you're yeah. just like, yeah, you're totally pulled out of it and feel that. And that's what I, I mean, I kind of live for that stuff of that uh, uh, feeling of, you know, life is grand and life is beautiful yeah. and fleeting. And, uh, uh, and so, you know, yeah, anyways, if you can So you don't get that, that from film. filming table details? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't do it for you. <laughs> not quite yes i don't um i do i do it to serve i do the details i don't know i kind of i kind of <laughs> love shooting table details and i, I this is oh, what i've always man. said I'll, I, in defense of table details and in defense of planet porn <laughs> like like this is what i always say is like to that bride those table details have been in her mind potentially for 20 yeah. years like like yeah, for some totally people right. like the uh, image of being a princess and having this crazy wedding has like been their lifelong dream. So I don't know. I feel like it's personal. I, I would no, also you say know, you have a good point. You, uh, the the table ahead, details are very um, cooperative. Like <laughs> they don't move. They do exactly what I want and they don't talk back. <laughs> and I can like, light them. I could just, I could wow. just shoot them and, and they say they it that way. Exactly what I want. And, and I can just relax for a second. I, I think that's what I like about it. It's one little yeah, moment funny. of calm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is funny. You know, I think you guys make a good point because I think it was silly for me to scoff at shooting them when I started out because you're, because of that exact point that it's so lends to the story. And I think I, I've actually, that was brought to my mind this past summer. We shot one as well. And, and I do actually, I mean, I do kind of like these moments where, um, I don't know if it's just certain weddings or the higher end world where they do the, the room reveal with yeah, the yeah, couple. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And so, uh, that's kind of sort of new to me, but, um, so yeah, having like shot all the details before and then capturing like in our style, that kind of handheld feel with the bride, it was like, oh, this is like actually a, you can see the dream coming to life here. And I, it's not something I would do, but it is like you said, I mean, it's something she clearly has envisioned for a very, very long time. Well, I'm telling you, important. like you get a microphone on her or him, you capture that yeah. audio, you create that story element. 
Yeah, like, that's very I true. I have a planner next year who she's like, here's how I want you to cover this. She's doing three dresses. I want a tripod by the elevator and I want to do a time lapse of having to go thoop, 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 and change all her dresses. Oh, and I'm like, okay. I'm yeah. like, I'm down with that. Like, that's dope, right? That's a fun yeah. story element. We're going to have some fun with yeah. that. It's like, I yeah. just think like, just expanding your definition and like of mm. what it means to be human and authentic. It's like, it doesn't have to be unproduced or like, it can be super pretentious and still be real. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like you, these people are just, that's what they're into. And how do yeah. I let that be the film? And, 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 you know, you tell it in your way. And I love how for you, you have a certain um, desire to communicate a certain way. And I think yeah. if you're listening to this, like, I think, yeah, some of you want to, might want to emulate some of what Josh does. And I think that's awesome. Um, Josh was clear, like not every couple wants to do that. And that every, everything, every creative choice you make creates limitations. Just be clear about that. But that being said, there is a way for you to communicate a very human story with what, however you want to tell a story. That That's what I want people to get out of wedding film, this podcast in general, but also this episode. Um, Jared, you know, one thing I was going to say to you is like, with our style of filmmaking, like you heard his talk at Vision Quest about, I don't even remember what, what was it titled, Josh? Oh, Something, something, Put something. you on the spot. Good, good question. Yeah, well, it wasn't a, uh, I think it was called Vision Quest Notes on my computer. <laughs> Vision yeah. Quest Notes. His During Vision, Vision Quest Vision Notes. Quest keynote. Yeah. <laughs> but he did his keynote, Vision Quest Notes. Like, you were talking about how it kind of impacted you with what we do. And what we do is probably the standard wedding film, right? How do you feel like what Josh is doing can work its way into every filmmaker, not just hipster people who are really cool and love the all the stuff you know or good at the stuff that josh is good at um well something that i'm kind of thinking through and it's kind of just what josh said in explaining like a moment that he really loves in a wedding film is like when the the dad and mom are are kind of enjoying the moment and they're they're really um proud of their son or daughter or whoever like that's a really cool emotion that i don't think is very obvious in a wedding film and it's like Mm. to answer your question it's like not just do the obvious like the obvious is include speech include b-roll include Mm -hmm. these elements of a film um there's a lot of emotions in a wedding film it isn't just a romantic like i becky take you Chris and I will love you and I will do the dishes and I will watch <laughs> your favorite Netflix show every night. It's not just like the things that they're saying, but it's the interactions between Jason, each other. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's we are here. Yeah, today. yeah, yeah. Have you seen <laughs> <at> this moment? <laughs> Have you seen that Instagram? Oh yeah, my god, it's so, it's so funny. funny. Uh but um but yeah, just just not just doing the obvious. Like I think w- it's clear because you have a timeline and you have all the things and the, the things that you see on a timeline ahead of time, you're like, okay, I'm going to use all these elements. Uh, but looking for the things that aren't super obvious. And that's What's the story behind the story. Right. Right. And right. some of it yeah. you can tell ahead of time, but I like some of it is like, like I knew at that wedding for New Year's Eve a couple years ago, I knew that their dad had passed and mm-hmm. I knew that was going to be a part of the wedding film. Yeah. Some way. I didn't know how until we shot it. And then I'm thinking, like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? We have to. He was a character mm-hmm. on the day. He was a part of the day in such a heavy way. He was mentioned so much. It's like looking for those opportunities 
in your weddings that you shoot to really, really connect with what's important to these people. Yeah. Right. I, mm-hmm. I feel like everyone can do that. Yep. Even yep. if you're not yeah. including all the archival stuff. Yep. I Definitely. think the Jared, the, you nailed it with the, you know, looking for what's not obvious or getting what is not so obvious, just based on the timeline. I think that's where weddings can shine and where we could all shine more is like, uh, let's not get so fixated on that shot list, you know, that we have in our heads going in the details going in. Those are important in their own ways as we've discussed, but, um, you know, the, the relationships are all happening. Remembering that the couple's not seeing most of the stuff we're capturing. Uh, you know, they're not seeing these people interacting. They're not seeing, you know, I think, I think like a good starting point for all of us is like uh, grandparents, for example, or maybe extended family that's there. Like we're not always thinking about those people, but mm. oftentimes this is going to be the last time maybe they have a really meaningful moment with their grandparents and, and making sure we're including them and just thinking about them. And, and that's not always so obvious. That's not on your timeline. Go get a shot of grandma doing something, you know, so I think that's a good way to put it. That's yeah. beautiful, man. I love that. Mm. All right, man. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on the show, Josh. We'll definitely have you, you on you again. We could probably talk about storytelling and people and connections. And, and, and this is what I'll, my closing thought, Josh, is I don't think you can make much more different types of work than what we make over here with Stop Go Love and Huxley Film and Merriman Films and what um, Josh is making with a little long distance. But I feel like that's a good thing, don't you, Josh? Like I feel like there's a connection that we have in terms of what's important to us as humans and storytellers mm. that yeah. I think yeah. – everyone can connect with so if you're listening i I don't think the message is make a film you should never get the message by listening to any other creative make what i make Mm -hmm. the message should always be like hey this is how i think about what i make and and so josh i think the best thing i've always enjoyed about you um is not your work it's it's the heart behind the work Mm -hmm. i really appreciate that guys yeah and i I appreciate you guys chatting with me today and i I agree that i think we can all lock arms it's kind of a shared mission of service and how do we conserve the couples and hopefully all all bring out our own brands and our own visions and our own voices because i do think that's so unique to, to each one of us so uh yeah this has been a really really interesting talk and ter- encouraging to me and uh appreciate you guys having me on yeah so like i mentioned head over to a little long distance.com uh he's got some mentorships if you want to kind of explore this part of your own business a little bit more uh josh i think is a great person to talk to about this and head over there and of course if you're on YouTube, or if you're listening to Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe, leave a review. That is really helpful to us, guys, if you just hit that five star and just let the algorithms know that this is a helpful show, and because we want other filmmakers to connect with awesome content like what Josh has to share, and of course, Jason and Jared are geniuses who you need to be following. <laughs> It's true. I, it's true. I might even give a five star for this episode. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. But head over there, guys. The one that we'll get is great. <laughs> we got one a couple of years ago, Josh. It was, yeah. uh, it was, was so great. We gave each other a high five. It was awesome. It was a yeah. one star. Remember that one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These oh, guys yes. are so... <laughs> it was like so arrogant. These yeah. people think oh. they know everything. <laughs> um, so I, I appreciated that authenticity that they shared with me. Yeah, exactly. Because it still goes towards the algorithm. So we appreciate you guys. We'll take any Um, of your stars. But anyway, guys, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. If not, then, you know, listen to the next one. You might like it better. Have a great day, guys. (laughs) Thanks, guys.